0: I should do this, I need to do this, should and need, they are level one self-talk. They are the worst critical, like damaging self-talk.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome back to Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship Meet, I'm Kelsey Foremost, your host. I am your resident word nerd, copywriter, marketing expert, and mental health advocate. And I love getting to the bottom of what I like to call empowerment soup. There's a lot of sort of generic, motivational speak... Coachy things out on the interwebs and in the world. And I really get excited when I find someone who really gets specific about how they coach people, how they help people live a better life. And that's why I'm so excited to welcome Ryan LaSan to the podcast today. She really dialed in for me what she calls confidence killers. So a lot of women and a lot of creative women suffer from one of three things that holds them back from really going for it. Um, And when I say going for it, I mean like actually taking action for creating something, whether that be like a creative project, like a book or art, or whether it's a course or a business. Like we really hold ourselves back from putting ourselves out there or making the thing, taking action, usually, Ryan shares, because of one of three things, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and distraction. She has a quiz, it's in the show notes. We talk about it at the very end. I (laughs) took it, and funny, I thought that I was gonna get perfectionism But turns out that distraction is my biggest enemy when it comes to this. And I really hope that you all get some valuable questions to be asking yourself, but also like true actionable tips on gaining clarity. Like, what is it that you actually want? And what is the shadow of what you actually want? The ability and the courage to reframe negative thoughts and self-talk and really understanding where it comes from and moving through those thoughts to the final piece of this puzzle, which is taking action. So if you have ever felt like, why the heck do I get in my own way all the time? Or why do I feel so nervous about making this phone call? Or why do I procrastinate on this thing when I say I really want this thing? If any of that is hitting you in your body in some type of way, this is the episode for you. So please welcome Ryan Lasan to Find Your Magic. Ryan, thank you so much for coming to Find Your Magic. I'm really, really excited to dig in a little bit deeper on some of these sort of Instagrammable phrases that we hear a lot, namely imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and maybe a little bit of procrastination. So welcome.
0: Oh, yes, Kelsey, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you to you and your listening audience. I am super, super excited to be here And talk to you about these very, very, very important topics and something that I have more recently, I've always known that this is like my calling, you know, Mm -hmm. but I am, and we'll talk about this like to almost nauseam, I'm sure today, (laughs) but I am my own best client and I do not shy away from that. So Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about stories of like my own epiphanies of how... Imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and procrastination. We can also throw in there neurodivergence. Mm -hmm. We can also, so a lot of different, you know, um, a lot of different textures there that I share stories around. And so one of the stories is this accepting of my brilliance or of my calling Mm -hmm. and really allowing it to be like, yes, not only am I technically good at this, like survey says, I feel like I value how good I am at this. Mm. That's a new level of like, yay, I'm here to share value and I know that I'm sharing value. So I share that. One because I'm super excited, but two also to share that full circle of like I get how the thoughts of imposter syndrome and perfectionism, those thoughts create a reality for a person where they are constantly bombarding themselves with inner dialogue that says i'm not enough i'm never enough this isn't enough and that that can through really strong scientific data that experience can change like that can change and if that experience goes from i'm never enough which is loaded with shame loaded with guilt blame if that can, if that experience shifts to something that's lighter, something that's more self-compassionate, more grace, life continues to happen. And yet the things that we say to ourselves are quite different. So the experience mm. is quite different.
1: Yeah. Mm. And it,
0: it, it can change.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. You know, as you're speaking one thing, I'm such a word nerd. And so I, that comes with the territory of being a copywriter is I'm obsessed with words and how much Changes when we just change one word in a sentence, right? And I think about that with self talk and inner thoughts, like inner dialogue. Because if it works with copywriting and it works on the page, the way that you communicate changes the way that people receive you. Then, of course, the way you talk to yourself and the words that you use
0: with yourself are going to change your experience of yourself. You'll see like that bottled up and it in in and of itself <laughs> is the answer, right? Yeah. That is that is the issue, and equally that is the answer. Mm. The way that we talk to ourselves is either working or not. And we know that it's working or not based on the way that we feel. Now, I will say that most of us are walking around really disconnected from how we feel and disconnected from what we think. So it's now, I let me also say that's really, most of that is not our fault. We are designed <laughs> so that, you know, 95% of why we do things, how we do things is literally blinded to us, or we are blinded to it. We don't even see it. It's called unconscious. So 5%, but with that 5%, what we are looking to do is to increase or even maximize that 5% and begin to tap in like, oh, wow. Um, I actually, that feeling that I feel, that's called anxiety. (laughs) Okay. And with that feeling, that must mean that I am habitually thinking anxious thoughts. Now, what does that mean? That might mean I'm thinking, Um, I'm not enough. I'm going to fail. They're going to call me out. This has got to be perfect. No one's going to really respect this. I'm not really sure what's going on. I feel really lost. Like I I need to get this done. I should have already had this done. I should Mm. already know that script is that script is a level of programming that is on balance with anxiety. Mm -hmm. So the script is causing the anxious feelings and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Anxious feelings are also a habit with feelings. They are energy and motion. So there's cortisol, there's all the negative, you know, physiological things that are happening that are also creating a cascading effect because our cells are then regenerating with that imprint. And so we've got to like, how do we get ahead (laughs) of this cascading effect? Yeah. And much of it is exactly what you said around being a word nerd, me too, which is reframing. Mm-hmm. It's re it's learning to reframe what's happening in the mind. Yeah. And we begin to do that one by becoming more conscious. Oh, again, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm feeling when I say oh, because a lot of times it's astonishing. I'll give an example. <laughs> when I was in coaching school. I um, went to Georgetown for my coaching certification and they are as a program, very experiential. So it was all about learning what you're going to be, you know, coaching your clients to experience. And so much of what I teach clients to do is to become mindful of what they're thinking and feeling. That's Mm -hmm. the first sort of step to getting ahead of what you're thinking and feeling. And so we were required to have a mindfulness practice. And so I began to have a mindfulness practice. And when you oh, do you this- you... Walk walk?
1: Oh, you no. had to walk the walk? Oh no. had to walk the walk.
0: Exactly. And when you do That's this, like... if you know, you begin to hear your thoughts. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's such a funny moment when we're asked to walk our own walk because- talk about imposter syndrome and we'll revisit this later because I want to finish your story, but the experience of, oh, I can do this for other people. Like I'm a really good coach for other people to help them become mindful. But the moment I have to become mindful myself, or for me, the moment I have to write my own copy, (laughs) it's a totally different ballgame.
0: I'll see. Exactly. Exactly. And as a healer, I've had to really account for that. And as a copywriter, I'm sure you have too. like, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: wow, am I, I had a mentor who said the other day, are you, are you better off trying to kill yourself or really getting support for that? And I was like, oh, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. You know, when do you call in support? When is it? So that, that is a really such, you know, but yes, we, we walked our walk and in recognizing the things that I, said to myself, I was washing the dishes one day by myself and I caught myself in a conversation internally where I was, I was quite angry at this person, but I was like really going in on them. Now this was in my mind. I was like Mm. all the things I was going to say and, you know, all the comebacks and da, 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 da. And I, it was, um, it was like a, like a lightning bolt, like, oh my goodness, I am unconsciously creating this experience And my body, my mind, my nervous system has no idea that this actually isn't happening. And I'm replaying this. I'm re-imprinting this Mm -hmm. on my psyche, on my reality. And so it can be very, you know, kind of like lightning, like, wow, you know, I'm thinking this way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when we get in touch with that, or as we get in touch with that, we have then more agency to, again, back to your point, reframe what's happening in our minds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's two things I want to revisit from what you
1: said. You used the term 5%. Does that mean that we are conscious of of our thoughts 5% of the time? What does that 5% refer to?
0: Yeah. So the, the studies, what they show is that we really only like there's 5% of we're conscious of basically 5% of what we do. So thinking about like, and it's generally Mostly they say like the first part of the morning where you're really kind of like coming into having to really think about sort of the day and kind of taking the day in and sort of orienting yourself. But most of the rest of the day is really done by autopilot. Now, not only habits like the way that you might drive to work, but it's autopilot and the decisions that you're making. So 90% of Today is going to be the same as yesterday. You know, Mm -hmm. if you are a coffee drinker, you're going to drink that same cup of coffee every day. You're going to put your same shoes on. You're going to drive the same way, but you're also deciding to either not eat breakfast or eat breakfast. I mean, these are decisions, you know, and so, but we're not really conscious of them. And yet they impact us or they steer us in a certain direction. And we don't often sit with, well, why am I making this decision? Or what is this decision based on? Or how did I come to this conclusion about myself? Or where did this habit come from? Or why do I even have this habit? Or is this habit satisfying me? We just are what we are Mm -hmm. um, until there's a need to change it or until there's like a need for shifting. And so Mm -hmm. when we think about that, that also goes to if, thoughts are habits. So if there's a tendency, for instance, if like in maybe the third grade, there was a point of vulnerability and the self said to self, you know what, we're, that was really scary. So we're going to pull back. We're not going to, you know, show up in our same light that becomes a habit. And so at 40, when we're wondering I have this great idea. I'm very, very passionate about it. And I just don't know why I consistently hold back. I can't seem to like overcome this hidden fear. And so it's, that is, that's programming that, Mm -hmm. and that's all in the subconscious mind that just, you know, until that person really sits with like, what is going on here? What is causing me to have this kind of knee-jerk reaction of fear, we really can't move past it. Yeah. Examining the
1: 95%. (laughs) Exactly. Which brings me
0: to the second thing that I
1: really want to highlight in what you said, which is I am a huge nerd about a lot of things, spoiler alert. And I read a lot of the body keeps the score. It's, it's so dense. I couldn't quite get through the entire thing, but I read a lot of it. And one of the most incredible things that was a huge light bulb for me was what you said about the brain doesn't know the difference between what we imagine or visualize And what is actually happening in front of us. Same deal with dreams, as I recall, like dreams are a way that our body sort of processes some of these feelings or thoughts that are in our subconscious that we haven't addressed during the day. Right. So I think that that is one of the most powerful motivators for me is like, just cause I can logically say like, oh, that's just my thoughts it doesn't really affect me like if i imagine a car crash uh i'm not actually in a car crash i'm fine but like my body will produce stress hormones inside of me even if i'm not physically in a car crash or physically on the battlefield anymore or physically being assaulted whatever it is so can you talk a little bit about the connection with our body almost as like a check engine light or an entry point. Because as you said, like, if you are feeling anxious, that's a really good clue of like, I need to think about what thoughts I'm having to address the physical symptoms of anxiety.
0: Elsie, such an incredible, incredible point here. And as you were talking, I could actually feel I tuned into my own body. Mm. And The Body Keeps the Score is a very, very powerful book. It is quite dense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and it is really shifting. And the 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 one of the you know messages of The Body Keeps the Score for your audience is this idea that our physical bodies almost you know retain or hold on to or remember all of our experiences. Now that's that also all of them, the good and the not so good, it remembers everything. And the good is helpful, that all that is wonderful. And yet it is the trauma that the body has held on to that wreaks havoc. Hmm. And so how can we, your question is such a powerful one, how can we use our bodies as indicators for our thoughts? Right. Because as you said, it can be easy to logically say, well, I just I'm thinking this, or I didn't even know I was thinking that, or how do I even get in touch with what my thoughts are? Or I've been in places in my own life of okay, I get the science. I get that. (laughs) I get that what I think makes a difference. And how do I reprogram what I'm thinking? How do I create new thoughts? Right. Like if you're so so all of it is is really, really relevant using our body as an instrument as a tool to do that is critically important in beginning to understand how to do that so one of the things to think about is that our as an analogy is to think about our bodies almost as an antenna hmm. and that antenna is you know transmitting or or even also receiving frequencies and so our bodies feel certain things like like anxiety or fear or confusion we can feel shame all of those emotions have their own signature to them and so as westerners i think we're not necessarily we don't have like a like a robust sense of emotions it's either mm. I'm, I'm upset or i'm i'm you know we don't, we don't, we have a lot of shame around being angry. It's like, we don't necessarily mm-hmm. have a relationship with our emotions where our emotions are indicators is the yeah. point. It's like, we have them of course, but we don't, we we're not taught to say like, Oh, that feeling is anger. Mm-hmm. And true. I don't want to respond out of anger because that will have a cause and effect to it. However, it is so important to know that this is anger because that means my boundaries were crossed. Mm -hmm. That means I feel like my toes were stepped on. That means I feel like someone has done something unjust to either me or someone I love or something I care about. And that is important. That's the fuel for passion. That is the fuel for change. And so recognizing like, whoa, I'm pissed this is anger. And that's an okay thing versus ruminating on, I shouldn't be angry. I shouldn't be this way. I need to let this go. I need to just get over this. I don't know why I'm just, again, different script, totally mm-hmm. different script. It's um so how how to use the body. It is to begin to recognize how emotions are registering in the body. Mm-hmm. So anger might feel like, first of all, it probably feels like fire at the front of the body. Mm -hmm. it's going to feel so so inflamed Um, there's probably a sense of like something at the gut and then certainly heaviness at the chest and it's going to have its own imprint different than shame which in the body oftentimes registers as wanting to like cower and hide Mm -hmm. and so recognize okay so like as an example we are in everyday situations (laughs) so you might be you know as an entrepreneur you might have this goal of okay today's tuesday so on my list i'm going to reach out to this person and yet i feel i feel unsettled about it yeah. that's a really good time to check in what's going on with the body where is that registering if you could t- you know take even 2 seconds and just journal what emotions specifically are you feeling? How are you feeling that in, in your in your body? And then begin to focus on that area and breathe mm-hmm. in that area and almost even allow for it. It's okay to feel fear. Yeah. I'm about to do something that's uncomfortable, like make space for this. Mm-hmm. That is a way to use the body as a signal and then also process that information in a way that can be helpful in the moment.
1: Yeah. A couple of resources for listeners. I love
0: Atlas of the Heart.
1: Have you heard of this book?
0: Yes. Dr. Brene Brown's book. That's right. That's right. How do you use it? I love that. Mm -hmm. I have it open.
1: I don't know if Uh you can see it. I have it open on my bookcase behind me because Mm -hmm. for those who aren't familiar, Dr. Brene Brown did research with a bunch of other leading minds in this global study of emotions and they narrowed it down to, I think, 88 distinct emotions. And then they're categorized by like an overall umbrella feeling because like saying, I feel sad. Great. So good that you identified that. But then what kind of sad is it? Are you disappointed? Are you in deep grief? Are you like feeling shame? Are you there's so many different options. And for me, having that moment where, when I'm in a safe place, like you said, like I haven't made the call yet, or you know, I'm sitting in my office and I'm just identifying, okay, I'm procrastinating calling this person great example, because I think we can all identify with like, I don't want to make this stupid phone call. (laughs) Right. Even Mm, that, even just the words I used, I don't want to make this stupid phone call. Right. Exactly. Look at that.
0: Look what I just did. Exactly. Oh, and you, and you felt it. Yes, I, I did. did. I just, I giving shook it my shoulders. shoulders out. Yes. It's incredible. It's yes, incredible. These micro moments create micro- our lives. Yeah. Oh, I love like- that.
1: <laughs> micro moments. That's so true. And like taking yeah. a second when you know, logically, I'm in a safe space to feel this feeling. The only way through was to feel the feeling like trying to push it down and ignore it and be like, I am not afraid. Like it doesn't freaking work. It just doesn't work.
0: It doesn't. So,
1: okay. So then once we identify, we feel it in our Mm -hmm. body, we take a moment, maybe we write it down pen to paper. I love pen to paper, journaling, micro moment, micro journaling, just write it in your notebook. That's there. I'm feeling nervous to make this phone call maybe some
0: bullet points of why that could be happening. What do we do with that once we've identified it? Absolutely. So I'm actually going to just interject because this is literally steps one, two, and three of my eight-step process. Great. So the first thing is to literally clarify what's going on. And there's always two parts to clarification. It is what do I want and what's the shadow? Mm. I want to make this call. I am nervous. I feel ill-equipped. I feel I'm, I'm telling myself I can't like, so taking that moment and pausing exactly as you said, like what's going on here. And then it is, so that's clarity. Mm -hmm. Then it is about courage, which is reframing, which is what we've really been talking about. It is about how to have the courage. One, so much of it is there's a great book called the courage to be disliked so Ooh. much of it's so that's good. such a
1: triggering title oh so, <laughs> yes
0: the courage to be disliked and the point of the book it's adlerian psychology it was my first toe dip in adlerian psychology which is really incredible responsibility for self mm. and it's not that one wants to go out and cause people to dislike them by any means it is to begin to be mindful of how much we don't do uh, for the fear of being disliked. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to make this phone call because I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to make this phone call because I'm not sure if I, even though it's my own company, if I really quite know all the bells and whistles to say. I don't know. I've heard about this features benefits thing and I don't know quite how to fit it all into this model. I, I mean, there's all these reasons why someone might feel nervous. I I get tongue t- tied. I feel like someone's gonna, I mean, just again, it can go on and on. So it's about having the courage to say, my value is not in any of those things. My value is not in any of those things. My business isn't on the hinges of any of those things. Like I have the courage in this moment to stand in my space. Stand in what I know, stand in what I've done. And I'm going to now, step number three, take this action. And it might be, and so there's a a lot to say about action. Before we get to action, I want to make sure we clarify number two. So one is
1: clarify. What do I want Mm -hmm. and what's
0: the shadow? Two is? Two is courage. Courage. It is the courage to reframe what is currently taking place in the mindset with whatever needs to happen, like whatever needs Mm -hmm. to be said, like, I can I am enough. I can do this. I value my value. It doesn't matter if this person's like, (laughs) I'm working (laughs) on a team with someone and the lead is, is very, 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 um, like, you know, uh, focused and on top of things. And sometimes it's what I, I can get in my own mind of like, am I liked by this person? Mm-hmm. You know, am I, it could put, cause for me, the way that I show up in the world and part of my value is kindness, empathy, compassion, connectivity. And so part of that is my currency. Now also part of that is my shadow. So mm-hmm. I can be a people pleaser. I can, you know, I can get into these tendencies. And so yeah. I literally find myself reminding myself, my value is not in whether this person is treating me at some kind of, you know, made up level of kindness. There's no disrespect. So I'm, I'm also having like tell myself these things. Like, you. So it's literally the courage to say. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter if this person likes you or not. You're doing a good job. Like, so literally the courage to be disliked. And quite frankly, to like yourself yeah. in place of anyone else having to like you. It's Love a it. coach to really like yourself on. I think that would be another way to phrase that. Mm-hmm. And then it's, um, it is about confidence. So taking action. Mm-hmm. And I had a really great coaching call with my coach who I've been with for seven years. I believe in coaching. I do. I walk the walk. I, I, I have a coach worked with multiple coaches. I think that coaching is a Incredibly powerful way to get out of your own way Mm -hmm. and build those skills quite quickly. And so, you know, I have my own, um, you know, goals that I'm working through and shortcomings. And so, in our very last call, I was sharing with her that um, one thing I have found out about myself is that I have begun begun to really value my value around fun. Fun is a person that I am. And also, it can be something that I kind of grind out. And mm. so I'm really trying to value like I am a fun person. My business can be fun. Yeah, um, life can be fun. And so, fun without shame too. Talk. <laughs> can
1: you talk about that. I want, Dude. You to please talk okay. about it. So I actually think that this is way more common of an experience than we know. I think a lot of us have hobbies hobbies and fun because we think we should be doing them and not because we actually are authentically in the moment experiencing true joy. So this is something I've been exploring in myself of like, well, why am I hanging out with this group of friends who goes out drinking and I don't actually enjoy that at all? Like I do not have fun, but this is what everybody says fun is. But all I want to do is go home at eight o'clock, re-watch the BBC Pride and Prejudice, and fall asleep by 9 30. Like that's what I want to do. Like that's fun. So <laughs> it's identifying like what authentic joy even feels like in the first place. And then, and I think This is many layers of my own like therapy work, but please, I love it. (laughs) For me, like letting fun just be for fun and not as like, oh, that could be my next business idea or, oh, this piece of art is actually good enough to like frame Um, or cause I love to draw. I've always loved to draw since I was a kid, but then it became this thing where, I was like in advanced placement classes and do you want to use that to get into college? And I had an Etsy shop for a while. And so the joy sort of slowly became taken out of it. And so as part of my therapy, I actually have like kindergarten art supplies and I make myself throw the things I do away when I'm done because the joy is in The act of letting myself play with crayons, smell the crayons, use the like little Fisher Price watercolor set, and then I throw it away because I don't want to worry about whether or not the thing I'm putting on the page is good.
0: I really hope that that lands with what, (laughs) with your listening audience, honestly, because What you just magnified is exactly what we coached through, which is, and it was around business, like Mm -hmm. business aspects that I kept saying, I I should do this. I need to do this. Should and need, they are level one self-talk. They are the worst critical, like, damaging self-talk. Absolutely. And they squeeze the joy out of any experience, let alone something like a business that's so multifaceted. So um, for most, I think, solopreneurs, so outside of the box anyway, with this idea of structure and creativity and it's supposed to be our livelihood, which goes directly to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the very base of it, which is, can I make a living on this, which is mm-hmm. basic survival mode. So a lot of joy is squeezed out of, again, these micro moments of our lives. And then habitually we look mm-hmm. up and we're like, why am I burnt out, even though I love this idea or this passion? Um there's so much there there's like literally so much richness in what you what you just are what we're we're reviving on here and i think for high achievers we have lifetimes of achieve, you know being on the achievement hamster wheel and mm-hmm. so things very quickly i know for myself as a creative too like i have a great idea how is it going to become a business how am i going to structure this or how am i going to monetize this or and it's not even necessarily for the greed of money but it's like to actualize it or to like bring it to life. But as you just said, Kelsey, so often it's like, actually, this is just an idea for ideas' sake. It's going to go in the trash. It's like, doesn't have to be the next, you know, greatest thing ever. I can just enjoy having an idea. I can enjoy this moment of being inspired by something and seeing the beauty of that. That literally is confidence. You know, that's the ability to say, I I'm taking action, as you said, without shame, because when we take action with shame, that is a real indication of a lack of confidence um, and and a real disconnection there. And that's one of the things that I want to call out about action is the intention behind it or the feeling behind it. And Mm -hmm. you did that beautifully. Are you feeling like, you know... I'm inspired to do this, or are you shooting on yourself about doing it? Because if it's shooting, then it's good time to really take a nap, and that's an action. Go take a nap or something else creative, or you know, that's going to allow you to not beat yourself up. Totally. And you know what that makes me think of is I'm forgetting her name, but
1: rest is resistance. Um, Oh, I don't know that book. Oh, I'm gonna find it. I'll put it in the show notes. But there's mm -hmm. a book called. I believe it's a book, Rest is Resistance. And there is this activist, um, she's a Black woman, and she does resistance napping. And she holds these group naps (laughs) where Mm -hmm. people come for no other reason to lay on the floor together and take a nap. And rest is resistance. Rest as resistance. And I just, when I heard that, it like fired every neuron in my brain. And I was like, I'm obsessed with you. (laughs) That's so cool. And it also makes me think of the power of boredom because we as a society right now really do not let ourselves be truly bored, right? Mm -hmm. We play a game on our phone. We watch a quick episode of a sitcom that we've seen a hundred times. We are scrolling through social media. Like, we don't actually have empty time often. And I don't, I know that I'm not alone when I say that my best
0: ideas come from boredom. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there's so, honestly, there's so much to say about that too. I mean, in terms of just, so if one is into the chakra system, you know, you're able to really like tap in when, when we are so consumed and bombarded with outside or inside distractions too, but allow yourself to be bored and just sort of like open up to more creative sources, they do come mm-hmm. those epiphanies of like, oh, there's the clarity. There's yeah. the idea. There's yeah. the understanding. Versus yeah. the shutting. Oh the, yes,
1: it's a completely different experience of having and pursuing an idea.
0: Completely different, completely different, and one thing to do. So, I, I I think for your listening audience, because there's this great question of like how to use your body to really tap into what you're thinking. So we've talked a lot about shooting and we've talked a lot about fun. So one can just do a very quick social experiment with themselves, a thought experiment, and kind of shoot on yourself a little bit, like close your eyes and start shooting. And see what that feels like and see where it registers for you. It registers way in my gut. It feels like very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then register for just a couple, like 17 seconds or so. Fun, fun. What does it feel like fun? And start to see where that feels. My body starts to bounce a little bit. But that'll give you an indication of where, how to leverage your body as a way, as an antenna to think about um, in those micro moments where you are. Because they they truly matter. And I think that that is such a great topic of today's conversation that that psychosomatic piece of using the body to tap into, you know, what one's thinking mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, such good stuff, Ryan. I, uh, we're out of time, but I want to, I want to give you the opportunity. Um, I know you have a really awesome quiz where people can start to ask themselves some really valuable questions and maybe have more of a path forward. So can you talk a little bit about that quiz? And of course, that link will be in the show notes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It has been such a fun conversation. Um, So I have a quiz that is about seven or eight questions, Think People magazine, and it gives just a little insight into the three confidence killers that I see really plague high achievers, which are imposter syndrome, the idea of I'm not enough, I'll be caught out, like someone will catch me not knowing, Um, perfectionism, which is the idea of until my idea is perfect, until I can present this in a way that is completely buttoned up and cannot be rejected in any kind of way, it's not enough, which puts everything on hold. And then third is distractionism, where there's a sense of I am just all over the place and can't quite rein that in. So it gives a sense of those three um, and which one based on your questions might be predominant for, for the user. So I'd love to you know, share that with people. It's great insight. I've gotten really fun feedback of like, oh, I didn't even realize that. Or that's great information. Or or you um, think you're one and then that? you totally
1: are the other. Yeah, like I'm, exactly. I'm, I probably think I'm perfectionist, but when I'm really honest with myself. I bet when I take the quiz, I'm distraction.
0: Like I really bet. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. interesting. Absolutely. And then for those who are really feeling moved to connect, I always offer a complimentary discovery call if someone's interested in connecting with me personally.
1: I'm so happy to hear that. And what a wonderful gift for the listeners. And thank you again, Ryan. This is such a valuable conversation. And I'm going to go have some fun today and I hope everybody else does too.
0: Me too, Kelsey. I am taking that. I am for sure taking away is fun, (laughs) fun, fun. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, everybody go out there and have some fun today.
1: All right. Y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to find your magic on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, be sure to subscribe to Find Your Magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.